it wasn't that I wanted to be the first, it was that I wanted to do these things. And in order to do these things, I had to be the first. And uh, armed with my PhD in sports psychology, you know, I really went on this path and not knowing where it would lead. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports and media, opportunities, disruption, all kinds of things. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito, flying solo today. It's my co-host, Tom Richardson, here towards the end of May, is off doing uh, his day job, business stuff, uh, especially since we've just completed another semester. Um, And today we're going to talk a little bit about disruption, a little bit about a sport that is steeped in tradition, but is probably in need of a continued uh, relook, uh, especially in the climate we're in today, with a pioneer in the space. And um, our guest today is Dr. Justine Siegel. Uh, Justine and I have known each other for several years when I was working on baseball, trying to get baseball back in the Olympics. Uh, And her platform and her unique story is not just about baseball, but it's about creating opportunities for people and overcoming challenges, which is what um, she talks to a lot of people about. Uh, The platform is Baseball for All. Uh, Justine, as you will hear in a couple of minutes, has been quite a pioneer in baseball for women, not softball for women, and has had tremendous opportunities coaching on the professional level, throwing batting practice on the professional level, and, and, and creating an opportunity, which we're now starting to see, hopefully, especially in the front office, with people like Kim Eng and some of the other pioneers like Gene Afterman and some of the other uh, women who've been getting opportunities in the sport of baseball on the professional side, but now hopefully on the field as well. So Justine, welcome to the Cusp Show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we've known each other a long time now. Yeah, it's uh, but we never get older, which is great. So, um, so Justine, for the people who don't know, walk them through kind of the historic places you've been on the NCAA level, on the independent baseball level, with opportunities throwing batting practice for teams like the Indians, coaching level with the Oakland A's, um, and how you kind of came to that uh, after growing up in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to start at the beginning, which was I played t-ball like every other kid, you know, and I never thought that uh, baseball would become my life. Um, But when I was 13, that's Uh, the first time I was told I should quit baseball because I'm a girl. And, you know, I just thought I'll play baseball forever then. And so uh, I kept playing, but it was definitely the beginning of my uphill battle for sure. And, um, you know, from there, I decided I wanted to be a college baseball coach uh, when I was about 16. And I was immediately laughed at when I shared that dream with my coach. And, uh, you know, it's, it was just something that I really had a passion for. And the more people told me I couldn't be in the game or I shouldn't be in the game, you know, it was like the more I loved the game. Uh, so from there, I, I ended up becoming a woman, the only woman coaching college baseball in the country as an assistant coach at Springfield College. Uh, so I, I did reach that dream and I did that for a few years. And um, in 2009, I broke um, the barrier of women coaching men's professional baseball at the Brock and Rocks. And that was something Mike Beck um, helped me um, get an interview with one of his teams. And, and the first team, I didn't get the job, but the second team I did. And, you know, it really went from there. Uh, 2015, I um, coached with the A's during um, instructional league in the fall. 
Uh, before then, I threw batting practice, became the first woman to throw batting practice uh, to major league teams. I threw six teams. You know, I went to scout school with major league baseball. Um, I just kind of went from there. And I, it, it wasn't that I wanted to be the first. It was that I wanted to do these things. And in order to do these things, I had to be the first. And uh, mm-hmm. armed with my PhD in sports psychology, you know, I really went on this path and not knowing where it would lead. Why um, the path that we've talked about, the baseball softball path, when you were reached, when someone reached that plateau when you were in your teens and they said, no, go play softball. Um, why baseball? What, how is baseball different for you? And talk about some of the opportunities that baseball has given you um, over the years. And then, you know, we wanted to hear a little bit more about your background and, and baseball for all, especially and how it's grown over the years. Well, baseball and softball are two different sports. Uh, um, they're obviously there's transferable skills, but one baseball is obviously a smaller diamond, um, a bit quicker, some will suggest. Um, and it just wasn't for me. First of all, you know, I grew up with all the boys in the neighborhood, so it was very natural for me to just sign up for baseball. And I didn't really think any of it, anything of it. I also played with my brother for many years. Um, so I'm also a pitcher, you know, which is totally different. But to be honest, it was just one of these things where I was told I had to quit so many times that, you know, softball's what I had to do. Softball, if you want to go to college, softball, if you want to be a star. And it's just like the more you're told you can't do something, it just it just seemed so ridiculous. And I just grew up playing or not playing, but like watching games with my grandpa, you know, going to Cleveland games. And that's what I loved. So why are you handing me a different ball telling me to play a different game just because of my gender? And, and I mm-hmm. felt that injustice very early on. Mm-hmm. How did um, Baseball for All come about and tell everybody about the platform that you built? Sure, Baseball for All is a nonprofit um, empowering girls to play, coach, and lead. Um, it, it came about first... Um, Joe, when I met you, what we were doing is taking girls teams and playing against boys teams. So essentially, uh, like we went, our first event was to go to Dreams Park in Cooperstown with uh, Coach Lou Pichetti, who who ran that program. And uh, so that's what we did. And then um, eventually in 2010, um, a parent helped me make it a nonprofit. Uh, I was only 23 when I started this initiative. So, you know, it was it wasn't easy. But I just thought, I've always thought like if you start something, then things can happen. But if you never start it, then nothing can happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I started and I wanted a better opportunities for my daughter. I had her when I was 23. And it was just like, I'm so tired of the discrimination and lack of opportunities. She has to have a better life if she wants to play baseball. And so we went from these girls teams playing with boys to 2015 when we started the first National Girls Baseball Tournament. And again, I just felt like if you could see these girls, how much they love to play, if you could see the smiles on their faces, like people will buy in and realize this is important. And I I thought if I could start a girls baseball team to play against the boys, then I could teach you how to start a girls team to play against the girls. And so that's essentially uh, what happened. We held our first national tournament for 13 and under girls. And uh, since then, Major League Baseball has come on and openly says they support girls playing baseball. They have four or five initiatives for girls in baseball. And of course, um, as many people don't know, but they should know, we do have a Team USA baseball program. Mm-hmm. 
and on the Team USA side, especially on the national side, just going back to your coaching men, you were involved in at least one World Baseball Classic, correct, with Team Israel. Um, how did that go? How did it come about? And then I want to talk a little bit more about where baseball for all is today and, and the opportunities for young women uh, in, in the sport of baseball versus playing softball or other things. Sure. So when I wanted to call it, when I wanted to coach college and I made that decision when I was 15, 16 years old, I decided I would get a PhD. <laughs> I, I don't know how I was going to do. I was like, I'm not that great at school, but I felt like I needed this tool. I needed to use education to out, outplay men in a sense to get a coaching job because I knew I wasn't going to play D1 baseball or D2 baseball. So I thought education would be what I would bring, you know, beyond all the other experience and trying to learn everything I could. So that ended up working out for me uh, when Jerry Weinstein, the manager of Team Israel, called me and said, hey, will you be our mental performance coach for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic Qualifier? And I was like, of course, of course I will. And uh, that was 2016. And um, and so basically, because I had so much coaching experience, they also wanted me as a coach. So it was yeah. a degree that helped me get on the roster. And then they put me in as a coach. And um, I, my duties in the dugout uh, were really uh, scouting like the opposite pitcher. So I was charting. I was charting like mm -hmm. how many times throw over on a pickoff things like that and you know it was pretty incredible like you know I walk it to have a, a former major leader walk in to be like hey what did I just swing at <laughs> you know mm. and I'm telling them and and you know I, there's just a part of me that thinks you know no one ever thought I could get here and there's and there's mm. a major leader asking me my thoughts so um it was amazing it was truly amazing and um you know any way I can contribute to a team is is where I'm at Cool. And, and how has Baseball for Own grown in terms of involvement? Um, are more girls involved now? Um, has kind of the, the front office uh, growth or at least the, the opportunities for, for women now growing helped the platform or is it uh, a different, different type of business altogether? Uh, I think uh, definitely our program, Baseball for All, who helps community start girls baseball programs and then runs events for them to play in has definitely increased girls baseball just just the fact that major league baseball is now on board and, and acknowledging the sport because joe when we were talking it was like girls play baseball what you're right. you're the only one trying to do this <laughs> and now and now you could say no major league baseball is doing it too um so it's definitely grown and um this year at our national tournament we're expecting over 600 girls in fact we had to turn people away because the the complex wow. didn't carry any more people um we are starting college baseball for uh, college club baseball with the, this year with the goal of eventually reaching NCAA status as an emerging sport, so on, move on like bowling and ice hockey did. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really growing and we run a lot of off-field off leadership programs. So when you talk about what's happening, you know, in major league baseball, in pro baseball with jobs in, the, in our leadership programs, you know, we had webinars, we had a leadership webinar series with Kimming, um, Alyssa Nacken, um, you know, Rachel Balkovic, you know, uh, strength and conditioning coaches, you know, we want these girls to know that this can be them. And right. it's not, just, you know, when I did it, there was no one to look up to, but that's just not really realistic. 
<laughs> it was a very difficult path. So for yeah. these girls, it's like, look, this, this is really, truly happening. And, and definitely the doors. I mean, I have teams coming to me saying, do you have anyone qualify? So it's, mm. it's definitely, we're in a new place. Uh, when, um, when is the tournament this year and where will it be held? It will be at the Ripken Experience in Aberdeen, July oh, yeah. 18th, 22nd. And we still have some openings, uh, but we also don't have openings in certain age divisions, which is great and mm -hmm. sad that we can't have more people. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's not just that, right? So we have programming for eight-year-olds, but we need to have that college programming too so that we can go full circle. Hmm. Justine, I remember uh, when we were trying to get baseball back in the Olympics and you were involved in, in that failed quest, which now... Obviously, there will be baseball, hopefully, in Japan this summer and then probably in Los Angeles, uh, two Olympics from now. Um, but I remember being at the winter meetings and you kind of running around just trying to get people involved. Um, and you talk about overcoming, you know, people saying no. How hard was that to do then? And when you look back now, what are the things that if you looked back that, that you would have done, are there any things you would have done differently at that point that, that could have helped kind of move things along? Um, those are kind of two different questions. First of all, yep. it's very hard for me because I'm very shy. So like the last thing I want to do is really be in a social environment, but I mean, I like people, but you know, mm -hmm. like the winter meetings is 2000 people. And at the time, you know, it was like, I'm maybe a hundred women. It felt like yeah, I actually mm -hmm. met a lot of people because I'd walk up to women and say, Hey, there's so few, many of us, you know, mm -hmm. what do you do? And a couple of times I was like, send me, they were like, send me your resume uh, because of that com camaraderie mm -hmm. there. Um, so I think that, you know, that was my goal was to meet as many people as I could. Now I know a lot of people. Um, and if I was to do it differently, I think, it, you can't say you could do it differently. Like, cause it was so ground on the ground and I was getting so little um, support and respect, frankly, you know, I had to really show a product. And even at the time there was a team USA, but nobody knew about it. And I didn't work officially with USA baseball, but I was the chair of the women's commission for the world baseball softball confederation. And I did have an opportunity several times to speak to all of the federations around the world at one time. And, mm. and that was incredible and humbling. And I know that that made an impact as far as um, there being a World Cup. You know, when we first started, Joe, you know, it was how many countries are playing. And, you know, I think we could go to maybe 12 or something like that. And now there's so many countries that want to that have women's programming and want to start women's programming that they have to have qualifiers to get into the World wow. Cup. And to see that really grow from the ground up and to have people come back two years later and say, hey, in our country, we started this, you know, I heard you say this, and now we started this. And so that's obviously really humbling and amazing to see that type of growth. Mm. Um, you talk about overcoming adversity, and, and obviously, we're in a world now in the last year, where there are plenty of people who've had to overcome some very unique things. Your background in sports psychology. Um, you've always, like you said, you put your mind to something and you got it done. Um, what advice do you give to people now, not just in baseball, maybe not even just in sports, but people that you meet about the ability to have stick to itiveness and, and move ahead when people tell you no? How do you overcome the no's with all the things that you've overcome around the, around the business of baseball? Well, I tell people, 
there's something I firmly believe is that when you pursue your passion, good things happen. You know, mm. it may not end up looking exactly like you thought it would, but it's when you pursue it, when you pursue that passion, doors open. You know, so maybe you thought you would be on MTV, which actually doesn't mm. exist anymore. <laughs> but then maybe you realize you want to be a music teacher. You know, someone found this or you want to be in music production. You know, you don't know. And then you kind of really love that job. So mm. I believe that. And I believe that, you know, only you get to decide when you quit. You know, that's it, it takes a lot of sacrifice. It, mm. You know, I was broke for a long time <laughs> trying to mm. not only pursue my job, pursue baseball jobs, but. Um, pursuing baseball for all because I just felt like you had to keep committing to it and every like I was offered jobs in major league baseball to do what you know random why had one team say what do you want to do you know and um, it was just a matter of like if I did that then girls baseball was going to leave and who mm. else who else was going to take it and it took about eight years to get anyone to answer in fact I had to throw batting practice in 2011 to really get people to return my calls um mm. Because then it was like, oh, I guess I'm somebody, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Because just a year later, I was the same person. Mm. Um, so, so I think it's, you know, pursue your passions. And mm. if you're willing to sacrifice, you're going to go good places. Mm. Uh, obviously, baseball is a very tradition-based, heavily male business. Um, issues with minorities, hopefully now, starting to change. Um, who are some of the people who supported you early on? Are there some boldface names that jumped out and said, hey, let's figure out how to get you involved? You mentioned Mike Veck being one. Um, who are some of the people that, that, that when you were kind of at the last minute, you know, suddenly somebody came along, former player, manager, owner, uh, who said, hey, let, let's keep doing this because this is a good idea? Yeah, so uh, Mike Veck obviously was first um, in the pro space. Um, it was... Joe Madden was like, maybe you could throw batting practice to me, but he listened. He listened to my pitch and that allowed me to then talk to Billy Bean, who, who just five seconds said, okay, come throw, um, come throw BP. And then, um, so that, that really helped out. And then the Indians sponsored me for, um, scout school. And, and then it kind of went from there, but I bothered Billy Bean for four years, you know, saying, can I come coach? And he, he, he finally said, yes. The A said yes. So that's why 2011, 2015, there's that big gap. Um, and Jerry Weinstein, I mean, honestly, that's the first time I've ever gotten a call with someone just inviting me and me not having to uh, fight and scrap for it. I mean, I've, I've talked to so many people. I've, I think I've done interviews where they don't even ask me a pitching question, and that's my specialty. So I'm coaching, right. and the questions are like, well, how do you think the men will react? where will you change it's like none of this is really relevant the men will be fine and they'll be a shock and then they're fine and then they're like oh this is great and like when I was with the Brockton Rocks you know I had guys asking me how do I start my own business what do I do about my girlfriend like I had so many different kinds of questions with it they came to me and not the other coaches and I found that in my career that you know diversity matters and um it matters that you reach all of your players and the more coaches you have, the more chances you're going to be able to reach them. And a perfect example is when I was with the A's in instructs league, you know, I'm pitching. I'm not even, I'm not a hitting person. And I had a hitter come up to me and just say, you know, talk about his hitting. He was struggling and he wanted help. And he didn't ask the other guys. There's like eight other coaches around some who had major league experience. All of them had minor league experience. And um, he came to me. 
So my vibe matched what he needed at that time. And, and I was able to help him and he, and, you know, just like in a movie, he went off and hit a home run <laughs> his next at bat, you know? Um, but so that's why I think it's really important that we have, you know, people of color, uh, women, um, LGBTQ. I mean, we need to meet players where they are. Right. Um, the environment today, um, encouraged hopefully by, by major league baseball, creating more opportunities. Um, what are the opportunities today that exist more than, than existed even three or four years ago? Are there teams um, or platforms on, on either the international or, or the national level that, that people, young people, especially people wanting to get into the front office or get onto the field, not as players or coaches, exist today? Where, where do you point people towards, young, especially young women? Yeah, there's absolutely um, more jobs opening and um, there is a push to find women and uh, people of color, frankly, um, into Major League Baseball. I mean, I can see the push internally and and from the outside. Uh, mm. So the big difference is that in coaching, particularly, and now there's like six coaches, um, women mm. who are coaching pro baseball in some way, and about 20 who have like different type of on-fields or jobs, whether you're um, the hitting coordinator or strength and conditioning coach. So that didn't exist, really. You know, there was an athletic trainer here and there. Um, so I would say learn Spanish. Mm. If you want to do data, get into the data because that's where the jobs are. Um, those two things alone, you know, will really get you far. And obviously kinesiology, understanding where the body is. Um, mm. would be the third. So you either have to choose data or really understand where the body is. But even if you understand where the body is, you're going to have to go to driveline and look at it to decipher the data. So... Mm. Um, that would be my advice. You know, it's the doors are open. And if mm -hmm. you're qualified, you have a really good chance of being hired, which was not necessarily true five years ago or 10 years ago. Do you um, do you have any regrets about leaving uh, the field full time or the opportunities that you could have opened up by staying as a coach or going into the collegiate level, uh, coaching men and boys? Or, or are you glad with the path that you've taken so far? Because you really didn't know where it was going, I guess, at that point. <laughs> You know, I had my daughter, you know, so young, so she was with me the whole time. And so, you know, there was some opportunities I didn't take because I, it was really important to me to be present. And then there were certain things where, hey, if you're getting a major league job or something, you know, my daughter's like, yeah, you gotta go, <laughs> you know, but that, that call never came. I honestly think um, that as much as I would love to be a major league coach, as much as I'd love to, to, to be in pro baseball as a pitching coach, it's, uh, you know, I put the crack in the wall. I, right. I banged my head against the wall enough times to put the crack and the younger women behind me are the ones who are coming through. And, and I kind of always knew it would be like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not so bad. I'm working on the TV show League of Their Own. I'm the baseball consultant right now. Really? Um, and so that's, that's pretty phenomenal as well. Is that, um, is th that show's not out yet, is it correct? No, no, we're filming this summer. So Really? That's interesting. The pilot, it'll be on Amazon. It's going to be mm -hmm. epic. And, uh, Very cool. I love it. Um, did you have, and I know you had, had touch uh, when, when some of them were live with the, the women from the All-American Baseball League, which for people don't know existed during World War II for five or six years, I think. Um, any common struggles, any things when you saw them, you said, if they did it, how come we're not doing it now? Um, any lessons you learned from, from those women who played in the 1940s? I think overall, you know, just the, just the culture that they grew up in, 
you know, mm -hmm. having, of course they're famous for wearing skirts and lipstick. And it's just like, right. I don't even know if you could have lived in this time period where mm -hmm. you had to be so feminine all the time. Um, and of course, um, being gay was illegal. So that was, mm -hmm. um, that's something the show's going to explore uh, mm -hmm. more about the social culture of, of what was going on in the All-American League. So, you know, I think willing to go against the grain, you know, that's what those women were willing to do. You know, they weren't all just getting married and having children. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but simply mm -hmm. they loved it and they went for it. And for mm -hmm. many of them, they were making more money than their parents were. Well, um, one other question before, before we um, kind of let you go, but have you talked to women in other sports who've been pioneers and, and are there a common ground that, that you've been able to share with them or is your focus just on baseball? I mean, I look at, you know, women now in the front office, whether it's on the college side or at the NBA, um, even some of the women now in the NFL, um, have you been involved in kind of shared notes back and forth about, oh, this is what worked for me? Uh, or have you kind of just continued to do it on your own, just totally focused on baseball? Um, I would love to be more connected. In fact, my dream is to have like a spa weekend with all of these women <laughs> and just hash it out. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I've spoken to Jen Welter, who's the first uh, woman in mm -hmm. the NFL coaching. Um, some college, Katie Kaninda, who was the first woman to kick a point, you know, yep. um, in college. And then, you know, she's watching what's going on now. You know, so it's very interesting actually to kind of talk with pioneers and say, this is what's happening now. And as they're living through it too. And, and, and what's really interesting is how the media like reinvents everything. <laughs> like it's always the first of the first for the first, the first lefty to do this, the first, <laughs> but it's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, I've talked like Bianca Smith. She's amazing with the Red Sox. She's a genius. I think mm -hmm. she's going to go super far. You know, I've told everyone, here's my number, call me, text me you can you're, you're welcome to just chat and uh, everything's confidential because there's going to be days where it's just hard mm -hmm. um so when people the last question is on the entrepreneurial side you have been very entrepreneurial kind of thrown into this pool because you chose to go there um when young people especially young women come up to you and say i'm at the last hour i don't know what to do um other than kind of follow your passion you know what, what are some of the things you tell people as to to stick with it? Or how do you know when to stop? I mean, baseball is a game about tremendous loss. I mean, if, if you succeed 30% of the time on a baseball field, you're in the Hall of Fame. So um, probably the toughest sport. But what do you what advice do you give to people, especially in the environment we're in today uh, on the, the value of entrepreneurial stick to itiveness? I think the first value is to learn how to fail. Mm -hmm. uh, you have you're going to fail so many times so you have to know that you know okay stay in bed today but tomorrow you're going to have to get back up and that's the yep. deal mm -hmm. um i think education is really important whether that's um a certificate whether that's a full or you know a full college degree master's phd you know that's really not everyone has access to that financially or time-wise but mm -hmm. you know there's so many certificates out there where you can learn Excel, right? So my, for example, my daughter wants to be in music production. 
okay, you got to go learn how to do Excel because no one else knows how to do Excel and the hundred different things it can do to make your life. And you're going to start in the very beginning. So you better be better at this beginning, you know, this beginning entry level than everybody else. And that may sound silly, but it's like, get what other people don't have. Yeah, find the blue ocean. And then work, you know, go do do your internships, go um, volunteer at organizations. It's and it's a lot about personality. And I know you know this, Joe. It's like you got to go meet people. So many people hire their friends. So many people push your resume forward because they liked you, which is sort of insane. But because they liked you, that's that's what happens. So even if you're shy like me, you just have to have your goal and go out and meet people and tell them what you want to do and why you're qualified. It's not just this is my dream. It's like, okay, well, then how are you going to help me as an organization or as a company? And, and you have that in you, you know, I truly believe that like, you know, we have those intangibles like scouts talk about, you know, there's nothing special about me, you know, and I was able to achieve my goal simply by all these like determination, you know, never giving up um, how much I loved something. And um, those are the intangibles that make you successful. And those intangibles are in all of us. And so I think that's really important to know that that magic is inside all of us. Um, so that's what I would say, go get qualified. If you, if you need to quit, you know, find another way to pursue your passion. You know, you can, you can volunteer to boys and girls club, you know, coaching kids is so rewarding. You think it's not. And then you go and this nine-year-old does exactly what you say. And you're like, your hands are up. Like you just scored a touchdown. So there are other ways to pursue your passions as well. Um, so, you know, always keep that, that part open in your heart, I think. Is, is a way to pursue that passion. Well, you've made uh, a passion that you had into a lifelong uh, challenge and an opportunity, not just for you, but like you said, you cracked the wall. Uh, and and hopefully, you know, more people continue to walk through it. Most importantly, Justine, where do people find more information about baseball for all, opportunities for women? Uh, and where when people come up to you and say, how do I find out more about opportunities in baseball? Um, on the professional side, where do you direct them to? So how do people find you and how do people find Baseball for All? Sure, you can find Baseball for All at baseballforall.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Justine Baseball, Justine Siegel. Um, Mm. You can, if you want a job in baseball particularly, you can go to the winter meetings with the um, PBBO where they have interviews right there for college people. Um, So that's a great place to um, be seen. And uh, Liz Ben with Major League Baseball runs Take the, Take the Field, which is for women who are looking for jobs. And she's done a great job placing women as well. Again, so, you know, I say go get qualified or go get overqualified and just keep running towards where you want to go and then connect, network. That's what that's, you know, the key. I think those that's the formula. Well, hopefully um, now with with things opening up a little bit, that, that kind of randomness of running into people and going to events, especially going to games, is going to help. Um, you know, we're going to be watching this summer um, from uh, for the championship uh, that, that you put together. It's amazing how many people. And, and when I think about, you know, when we first met, like I said, trying to get baseball back in the Olympics, and I, I have vivid memories of you trolling around the halls in Indianapolis at the winter meetings before the sun had come up. Um, it's so great to see how things have come along. Um, I'm a big fan. I think it's going to continue to grow and it's going to grow because people will be able to kind of 
ride the wave that you created and, and hopefully you get the credit that you deserve because baseball for all and the opportunities for young women that wouldn't exist if it weren't, weren't for people for you like you. So thank you for doing it, Justine. And, uh, you know, we wish you continued success. Thanks so much, Joe. I appreciate you. Cool. Once again, this has been the cusp show. Our guest today is Justine Siegel of baseball for all. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito for my co-host, Tom Richardson. We hope you learned a little bit more today. We hope you learned a little bit more about disruption and we'll see you down the road.